Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Diastasis recti, what is it? So diastasis rectus abdominis is a symptom that there is a dysfunction going on within your whole system. Um, God, this is a hot topic now in the prenatal fitness, postpartum fitness world. Um, and I think it's just coming about more and more now because a lot more women are continuing to exercise. They're exercising through their like daily activity daily life like um they get involved in exercise earlier and continue through their pregnancy we wrote a i would like to say it should win a fucking award um a oh, blog yeah um, called filling the gap and there's part Cute. one part two part three um babies are actually born with diastasis mm-hmm. ab separation and they this approximates as babies learn to interact with their their world, their surroundings, and they're starting to like see their feet, see their hands, and then they learn to roll over, and then they learn to crawl. And that's basically how we heal diastasis in our postpartum series and our postpartum visits. Um, that's We break it down. We hit each milestone, so like dead bug type thing. over to, And we break it down, and we call it functional progression one, functional progression two, three, four, five. Um, but mechanically you you said it's a whole body yeah it's like so so. we view the core from like the base of the skull down to the pubic bone okay um this ab separation happens basically where the linea alba is within the rectus abdominis so that six pack you got a right and a left (laughs) yeah it's connected by you can't see it on the outside but it's connected by this connective tissue called the linea alba the white line on the inside so the the actual diastasis is one that comes apart. That separates, yeah. The right and left side come apart. Um, this can happen in men and women. And um, basically, in the what we've found is that there's you know something going on in the lower back, something going on in the pelvis. Maybe mom doesn't know how to breathe through her diaphragm, like using her diaphragm. Um, and that's where the huge, like all maybe even all those together, that's where the dysfunction happens. Um, is it true... Or do you find <laughs> that a more fit uh, rectus abdominis muscle is more likely to separate during pregnancy because it doesn't stretch as well? 
No, I've actually seen you the see opposite. the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Um, I see it like we were talking about in one dimensional training or very sedentary people. Um, I've like really never. Seen so one dimensional training, I mean imbalance between like, like maybe, if you, if maybe you only work out the frontal muscles. Right. Or maybe you only run or you only do like spinning or I don't know what else you do. Is there any exercises a woman should avoid to yeah, so, prevent diastasis? Um, by 40 weeks, there's going to be some sort of separation in all women. Um, I think there's a study out now that says um, it's either by eight weeks or by 12 weeks. Maybe it's 12 weeks that any larger than a two finger separation is considered abnormal. Um, so like, like we, I mentioned earlier, whenever somebody calls for a consult and they're like eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, no crunches, no planks, no anything with extreme flexion of the, um, the trunk here. So like bicycle crunches, like all, anything like that, just avoid. And was during pregnancy, during pregnancy and for a year postpartum, none of our a moms year. do it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And what about like st- extreme stretching of the ab, like an upward facing dog in yoga I mean, or that's kind of just to comfort level. I mean, eventually the belly's going to get in the way, but, um, I mean, some women still love to like use a bolster, put their right. That's what I'm it saying. Feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think that's fine. So you say if it feels good, yeah, it sh- it shouldn't yeah. cause any problems. Um, yeah, and most women like that are training with us, they've kind of you know they're already in tune or looking know what they're looking for, and maybe they do an exercise like a pull up, and maybe they're doing just strict pull ups and they see like the whole body tension, or maybe you know, if they get a little kip going that they start to see a little coning happening, then maybe they switch to ring rows or inverted rows or something that's going to cause less of an exaggeration of that symptom. So it's actually a crunching motion that causes it to separate, not a, not, not an arching back or an overstretch. Well, it doesn't cause it to separate. It just exaggerates the, it, the symptom becomes more apparent. I see. Yeah, I sometimes will use a support belt during exercise, like if you if you notice that it's happening. So yeah. we'll give them a support belt to wear across the rectus abdominis. Yeah, so I'll do some taping. Um, or taping, yeah. I'll do some taping, and I'll make I'll get them on the functional progression exercises right away, because um, you can definitely prevent worsening. Like, you don't want it to get any worse. Sure. And then if someone already has it, let's say um, during pregnancy or after birth. What do you recommend in terms of getting those muscles to knit back together? Or is there anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crawl like Um, a baby. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No. um, I Crawl like a baby is definitely key. But um, we have this thing called the Queen in Training Program. And it's an e-book. And then we have the postpartum series where we literally start with diaphragm breathing, belly breathing, go on to functional progression one, two, three. I mean, it's our idea of rehab for post-birth. Like, there's nothing available for women in our country. And so we're teaching them how to use their body again with the core as the focus. Hmm. Um, oh, that's what you're saying. Just like a baby learns yeah, those steps. I understand. Yeah. Um, a lot of women, I see, like, I get a lot of women that are like a year and a half postpartum. And they're like, I tried this online. I tried this support belt. I tried this. And basically they've just kind of looked for a quick fix post-birth and none of those really work or they're still having urinary incontinence or, you know, those kind of things that happen, um, which are common, but 
urinary incontinence is not normal. Like it's common and there's it's your body's way of communicating to you that something's wrong. What's your opinion of support belts in general? Um, like for postpartum, I like the mama strut for the icing, the like compression for what it is, but I don't think it's going to, it's ne- like a support belt's not going to do the job that your body needs to learn to do. Um, so it's not going to take the place of learning how to breathe again, learning how to use your core to function through it may be, everyday uh, life. Right. It may be almost like a crutch Yeah. for a little while, but it's not, it's not the solution. Right. What about uh, after a baby comes, uh, how soon can people get back into uh, exercise? Well, that definitely depends. Um, you know, if somebody has a cesarean birth, we like to tell them, hey, like this is a major abdominal surgery. Like you're definitely going to be slower to recover than maybe somebody that had a vaginal drug free birth. Um, our, I guess our society likes to say, hey, wait six weeks, but um, there's nothing magical that happens at six weeks. Um, oh. <laughs> weird um well one thing magical happens at six weeks which is the in the medical model that's the the, the doctor has a chance to take a look at you meaning you yeah. have the baby and then they don't see you for yeah. a month and a half <laughs> so um i think the six weeks comes from they just want to check and make sure things out. are back as the way it was before they sign yeah. off on well the and there's many traditions all over the world that talk about you know quarantina and yeah. yeah you know really taking those 40 days to rest and Mm -hmm. you know like you were saying how important it is to recover totally um most of our moms we don't allow to do anything for two weeks like hey don't even call us for two weeks don't even email us like even if you're all the way in the uk like no contact (laughs) yeah you should be lying naked naked with that baby and maybe your partner for at least two weeks um and we talk a lot about preparing for that period because you're gonna need food you're gonna need help like make make that magic happen like set yourself up for success do the afterbirth plan you know um so we do have some people that are like okay i'm ready to work out like at week four and you know i think they are just so used to having an agenda and something to do so we put them on like breathing and walking and yeah, but that's good wearing because a lot baby. of that exercise is more mental than it's physical. so mental like you need to have mm-hmm. something to do yeah so we'll do um this is kind of so okay two weeks cool you feel fine how about you walk with your baby three times a week for 30 minutes wearing your baby um and if there's no vaginal bleeding or urinary incontinence then talk to me again after two weeks you know so um, they've got to four now they've got to four and then okay let's figure it out from there um i have moms that go hiking at four weeks yeah, i mean they totally. just they feel great and yeah and as long as there's like no vaginal bleeding no like no pain in the pants and you feel good. And usually these are moms that had an unmedicated birth or maybe there's a little something. Um, then they're the ones around four or five or six weeks that are like clawing to like start the postpartum series or do something, you know? Um, oh, so your postpartum series, the birth fit postpartum series starts technically at six weeks. Yeah. I, we've ha- we have let people in at like four weeks. Um, if they know people. If they know people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and depending <laughs> on how their birth went, like, we'll talk to them first. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> 
This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. And, and speaking of how their birth went, is there any recommendations you give in terms of pushing to avoid straining the pelvic floor? Like any... any certain ways to push or to use the abs to not use the ab right i think that's um i mean pushing is going to depend on where you give birth uh, or it's going to be heavily influenced by that well it'll be influenced by a lot of things like where you give birth if Mm -hmm. if you're if you have an epidural you're kind of limited in in what you can do um but but let's just say ideally let's say you can do an ideal situation breathing like um you're guiding the whole situation or your baby's guiding the whole situation like you're breathing baby down as slow as you need to or as fast as you need to Um, and so would you would you recommend bearing down or against bearing down i mean if you feel the urge like i've been at home births where they're like i i feel like i need to push and you're like okay go with that you know um what feels right to you do it it goes back to the theme of birth fit throughout um which has (laughs) been be intuitive right yeah so there's a stark contrast in my mind of two births I was at recently, uh, a hospital birth where it was a great team, but they were uber coaching on the pushing, like now push, 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 you know. And then this other birth, which was 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 a home birth, it happened to be a home birth with a midwife, but there I see this sometimes at the hospital too, where they didn't say a word. She was doing amazing, and she would just feel it and. She was doing fine. Yeah. So they didn't tell her like what position to get into. They didn't tell her how long right. to push or, you know, maximize it. Come on, come on, get that. It wasn't yeah. like that at all. You know, and I don't she pushed maybe 40 minutes, which is about average for yeah. her first kid. And and it was just great. The, you know, the baby slowly progressed further and further and further. So I think it's ideal that if I think it's ideal that if, if you things are space, going well yeah. and she's not asking for support and help, then just. You let her find it, Mom's it got you know, it. especially if it's the first time. There's a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Never pushed before, and so I think intuitively a lot of people think you're pushing forward, but really you're pushing yeah. back a little bit, and it takes a little time to get used to it. But I kind of feel like the birth fit motto here, you know, yeah. be in touch with your own uh, mind and body is is really key. But for somebody who just there is a personality type who wants to be told what to do. They need to be guided. And for yeah. those people, I think uh, Ivy's question is is important. Like when you're guiding somebody on how to push, is there something specific to do or not to do to, number one, be right. productive, but number two, prevent an injury? Well, I think 
so let's say I've actually experienced numerous, um, maybe a handful of women that have had injuries related to birth with epidurals. Um, and it's just, and I, th- I don't know the answer to this because I think they maybe had too much of a dose to where they couldn't feel their body. And, you know, the women I'm thinking of, they're, um, they were yogis, they were runners, they were, you know, they've been through athletic events. Um, and, uh, you know, one in particular I'm thinking about, she got an epidural, they gave her an epidural like at eight centimeters, um, which that's kind of, she's already there. Late in the game, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it made her completely numb and, you know, she's never had any medication in her life. Um, and, um, they, they coached her to push, like they did the whole counting thing, they did everything, and um, you know, after baby came out and mom's holding baby, she's like, hey, I think I need to use the bathroom. She gets up, tries to use the bathroom, and can't walk. Um, doctor's like, oh, that's okay, you just gave birth. And she's like, no, I don't, like this doesn't feel right. Long story short, she, symphysis pubic dysfunction, totally Ooh. sprained her pelvis, like. Oh yeah. Um, did they pull her legs back? Yeah, they did everything. Because um, that's I see I've seen that. Yeah. Um, sometimes moms will come in with really displaced. Yeah. Like one surfaces. person had it over here. One person had it over here. And then and, meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, they're telling her to push, 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 push. And they're pulling, 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 and they yeah. just can't handle it. I, so I've, uh, I think that's the like the scarier part about it is when you're not you can't feel you can't you have no your body's there's nothing there to tell your body to stop you know yeah you're actually making me think of a of a client i had who was actually unmedicated birth but it was directed pushing and they were telling her to push 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 and she did she pushed her baby out in an hour which is pretty average yeah um but she's a she's a small woman and it was a big baby and she had a second degree tear that Mm. then um later um she experienced a bladder prolapse Mm. And it's, it is, you know, we can't prove whether right. that had to do with the directed pushing or not, but it's, it's a big question of, of the relationship between pushing and pelvic health. Yeah. I feel like there was a study on this and the uh, directed pushing did speed things up, but, but not significantly more and, and, more, and left um, you more traumatized. Yeah. But I forget. I read that somewhere. Generally speaking, I think if, if a woman's in tune and touch, not asking for help, right. Let, she's going to figure it out. Go. Some, like some midwives will like, um, give you a I guess an aim or like hey can you feel my fingers yeah that seems to help and usually I found they're usually asking the woman to push further towards the perineum as yeah. opposed to the front yeah um which is interesting that that that's that their instinct yeah. is to push more towards the front but we actually have to like almost push towards your booty use your butt yeah, <laughs> yeah. lean yeah. your back into it well on that note <laughs> uh, on the perineum note <laughs> You know, it's I, I will throw this out because I, I had this pearl of wisdom at a birth just recently, which is that a lot of our moms are afraid of the moment they poop a little bit during birth oh, yeah. and other people around. And in labor, I've never seen it be an issue, but right. meaning they don't even know what happened. They're not aware. They don't care. Um, but beforehand, I've seen some of the moms get really anxious about it. And it makes sense to me. I would, too. Um you know, pooping with an audience. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the day, it's usually just like a tiny smidge. And yeah. I think because we want the baby to be exposed to all of her digestive bacteria, yeah. right? 
I think it's like nature says, hey, you're going to have to go like down around the rectum first, kind of like get a little dose of, uh, <laughs> no, a little dose I, of bacteria. I think it's a different bacteria. set of bacteria. <laughs> yeah, fecal, no. fecal bacteria is different that, than the, uh, intestinal bacteria. That's the good stuff, I think. Just a little, a little uh, who knows? Anyway, um, once again, <laughs> on that note, uh, Lindsay, any final pearl of wisdom for, uh, for our audience here today? You know, I don't... Uh, no, I think um, the biggest thing is, um, you know, from start to finish, we kind of encourage the woman to take an active role in her pregnancy. And that not only means literally active, but that means be involved in all aspects of the pregnancy from start to finish, like what you put into your body, who you consult with, um, talk to your doctor, talk to your midwife. If you're getting a bad vibe from them, then get a different consult because move on. Yeah, you're the consumer here, and um, when it's all said and done, you're the one that's going to be left with the bag of emotions, whatever those are, you know. Um, and, you know, I don't like to have any regrets, so looking back at my knee surgery, that's why I interviewed, like, three or four different surgeons. Like, I'm not going to go into this this huge event with somebody that's maybe on board or maybe with the same philosophy as me. I want my whole team with eye on the prize, you know. Um, so I think taking an active role and taking back birth is like the name of the game. I think the work Amen. that you're doing is amazing. And, uh, you just had the birth fit summit and it yeah, was you spoke. wicked. I spoke, uh, it was just wicked to see like more like Lindsay clones, people who are just so <laughs> such doers and so passionate and like young and energetic and, and going out there into the into the world and, and spreading the message, you know, with megaphones. It's incredible to see what you put together. And I know it's just like, these are seeds, these are sprouts. And yeah. um, we're going to see the fruits of that labor, no pun intended. And um, I think that um, it's also incredible to see women who, sh the ones who are fit all the way through, it's cool that they stay fit during pregnancy. Yeah. But the ones who you take that neglected their health, um, leading up to the pregnancy yeah. and then are able to take charge of it during the pregnancy and and feel 10 times better towards the end of pregnancy than they felt before pregnancy yeah. that's incredible to watch and then they have a you know a killer birth and um they just come out of it like there's nothing i can't do right in in this world and they're super empowered and they're like yeah holy crap i just did that like it's incredible. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, for joining <laughs> us on the podcast today. Where can we find you on uh, on the social world, social media? Uh, we're birthfit.com, at birthfit. Um, Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Facebook, all that good Snapchat? stuff. Snapchat? No. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. Um, yeah, I'm sort of, like, I'm not very good at Twitter. Uh, and I'm... I'm usually you're the one killing it on Instagram. So. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter's going. You know, I feel like Twitter had its time. Yeah. Snapchat's yeah getting in there, and I'm too old for Snapchat. But me too. I'm in that <laughs> My kids are like, what? Yeah. Um. But we also have Birthfit affiliates around the U.S. So if you go to our affiliate page, you can go find them. And you know, these people are hubs of information in their communities, and they know OB/GYNs, they know midwives, they know doulas. They do personal training. They do chiropractic. Like, go find them because they cannot wait to help you out. How can someone become an affiliate? Um, so all affiliate application information is online. Just go to the affiliate tab, scroll down. 
Um, it is a big application process. All applications are due by December 1st. Our team goes through it and then we interview people. Um, like last year, we probably had 50 applications and we took maybe 10. Um, this year, we've already had probably 45 submitted. Awesome. Um, so, but we want these people being leaders in their community and with the same philosophy and, you know, fire starter attitude that we have. Lindsay and, clones. <laughs> yeah. So, we need um, them. Lindsay clone with kids. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay clone with kids. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Affiliate information due by December 1st. Awesome. Yeah. Ivy, thank you so much for being here. So thank happy you. to be here. You ladies are bad ass. No kidding. <laughs> I feel weak and pale. I'm going to go look for Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. For show notes and resources from today's episode, visit informedpregnancy.com. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, write to info at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.